Hey there, I'm Daphna Chazen, and this is the Down to Earth PCOS Nutrition Podcast. On the show, we talk about managing PCOS using proven strategies, ditching diets for good, and balancing hormones naturally. Let's get to it. today's episode because my guest is a personal friend and someone that I truly love. Her name is Nicole Giacobbe, and she's a master esthetician and a skin expert. Now, before Nicole and I were friends, she was and still is my esthetician, and I first met her about four years ago when I came in just for a simple eyebrow wax, and she did such an amazing job for me that I kept coming back and saw her more and more regularly, and every time we would speak and I would see her in her clinic, in her salon, uh, we would talk about skin and acne and all the things that are related to beauty and facials and skin. And she would give me such amazing information and so much knowledge and education about acne. And one day she recommended that I try this treatment called a hydrofacial. And at the time, my skin was really bad. I had acne, even though my diet was good, I was doing all the things, I still needed to take spironolactone to control my acne. Well, I can tell you that after working with Nicole, getting hydrofacial treatments, which I really only get about two or three times a year, so it's not even something that I do frequently, but I've been following her suggestions and all the recommendations that she had given me over the years, and this had allowed me to see such improvements in my skin, and it allowed me to come off the medication, which I feel great about. Nobody wants to depend on a medication when you know there's a deeper issue. So all along, Of course, I was working on nutrition and hydration and exercise and stress management, but I was really lacking as far as how to treat my skin from the outside, which is important as well, especially when you're trying to control acne while you're waiting for all the other things to kick in and you're healing to fully come to fruition. So my skin is not perfect right now, especially in 2020, which as we all know, has been a very stressful year for everyone, but I I do see my skin act out more during these difficult times of stress, but I do feel like I'm in a much better place with my skin and I credit Nicole for it. Nicole is the sweetest, most easy to talk to person. And as I said, I'm lucky to call her my friend. So I'm excited that she's agreed to come on the show today and share her skin wisdom with you. So without any further ado, let's get right into my interview with Nicole Giacobbe. Welcome to the show. Hey, Daphna. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited that you're here because I know my listeners are dealing with a lot of skin issues and a lot of, um, you know, questions about acne come up all the time when I work with clients and um, there's no better better person to have on the show than you to talk about it. Um, A few weeks ago, I was in the... um, salon and we were doing a hydrofacial and we put up a story on Instagram and a lot of women asked me about it and said that they wanted to know more about skin. So I'm excited you're here. We're going to talk all about it. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to share my, uh, you know, 20 years of knowledge with your listeners. Awesome. So before we jump into that, can you give a little bit of an introduction? Tell us about yourself, who you are, what you do, all that good stuff. Sure. Um, 
So I've been an esthetician for a very long time, um, about a little over 20 years. Um, you know, after college, I decided that I wanted to pursue that career, went back to school for that, and then spent, you know, the, the years after that in spas. Um, I learned a lot. I worked in a med spa and I am now working at a place where I'm, I'm pretty much uh, the solo operator and I have a pretty thriving business with doing facials and peels and um, I do microcurrent and I do, you know, waxing and all that different stuff. But with my clients, um, I think what differentiates me is I don't just give facials. I like to form a relationship and help them to change their skin and actually deal with the challenges that they have so that they can learn to love their skin, whether it's that we're dealing with anti-aging or we're dealing with acne, you know, um, I get women of all sorts. So, um, I'm very familiar with the challenges that women have with their skin. Yeah. So as you know, a lot of my listeners, most of my listeners have PCOS and are dealing with a lot of issues related to, you know, greasy hair, greasy skin, acne, cystic acne, hormonal imbalances. And I, as you know, have struggled with my skin myself for a really long time and with acne. And I feel like at my age, not that I'm super old, but I'm in my late thirties. I was hoping that I wouldn't be dealing with a lot of these skin issues, but Mm -hmm. I still am. And a lot of my clients are as well. How common is it that women still struggle into their late thirties and forties with acne and with pimples basically that are kind of like you're a teenager? Yes. Well, it's incredible, Daphna. Now more than ever, um, women in their 20s and beyond. It's like 50% or more of women in their 20s, 30s and beyond, even going into menopause, they deal with acne. So yes, it's so prevalent. And most people think that after they, you know, after their teenage years, they're no longer going to have to deal with acne, but that's just unfortunately not the case um, nowadays. And do you think it's mostly related to hormonal issues? Like if you see someone struggling with it later in their life, is it generally because of hormones? Yes. Hormones play a huge role in acne um, for women in their 20s and older. Um, Once a woman gets into their 20s, that's when they become most hormonally active. You know, that's their childbearing years. Um, that is when we go through, you know, pregnancy, childbirth, breastfeeding. So our hormones do typically fluctuate. And even if you're not pregnant, your your body's preparing itself for pregnancy. So your hormones are going to be very, very active during that time. And is it usually cystic acne with women that have hormonal imbalances? Or do you see all different types of acne and skin issues? Well, so first we should look at what acne itself is. So let's do that. Acne is a condition in which, so first off, let's look at how a pimple is formed. Um, A pimple is formed by 
the mixture of dead skin cells in the follicle combined with sebum that's created in the follicle. So your your skin, your your body wants to shed the excess skin cells. And sometimes they actually get trapped inside the pore and it mix, they mix with the, the sebum that's inside your pore. And it actually creates a plug. Now, we all have bacteria that are living on our skin. And sometimes that bacteria gets trapped inside the plug and it creates an infection. Um, and that's, you know, you get the redness and you get the, the, you know, the infection that's inside the pore. So that's a typical um, acne vulgaris situation. That's this, the, the acne that's living on, the, the bacteria that's living on the surface of your skin gets trapped. And, you know, and that, that's what occurs most of the time with teenagers. Um, teenagers deal with, with a type of bacteria called P. acne bacteria. So women that are dealing with hormonal acne, um, typically the testosterone levels or the, the fluctuation in the hormones, which it's typically testosterone, creates a surge of sebum in the skin. And um, typically that sebum, the, the surge is in the chin and jawline area. So the chin and jawline, sometimes the sides of the face and the neck, um, those follicles tend to be, um, they tend to be more charged by your hormones. So the, the sebaceous glands in those areas tend to get charged by your hormones. And that's why women will get those, uh, the, the acne in those areas. Now, hormonal acne usually does come in more of a cystic form, but not necessarily. A lot of times I will see acne that's just, you know, a lot of whiteheads along those areas. So it really does vary from, you know, person to person, but I think hormonal acne tends to be characterized by where it's located. Mm -hmm. So a lot on the chin, the jawline, the neck. Um, it can be in, in a postural form. It can be in a cystic form. So yeah, it varies. Yeah, and it definitely varies from person to person, but also within the same person around what time of the month it is, where is, you know, the woman is in her cycle. Um, so these are all things that are definitely going to impact it as well. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So I think that, um, we can dive into talking a little bit about some of the things that women can do to manage acne. And I just want to make a distinction between healing acne and managing it, like controlling it. So I think it's important to kind of make that distinction where if you want to really heal acne, I don't think it's necessarily going to be with the, you know, creams and treatments and things like that. A lot of it comes from within and I'm sure you're on the same page because I know you and I know how much you believe in nutrition and wellness and hydration and managing stress and all of those things that you know, a cream will never do for you or a procedure will never do for you. But that takes time. Yes. You can't just drink a bunch of water and your acne yes. is gone. So that's a process that takes a long time. In the meantime, there's a lot that someone can do to control the acne, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, if we're talking about women with PCOS, you really do have to deal with it in a multi-layered approach. Yeah. Um, but you can heal if you are breaking out, you can treat your acne, um, 
in a topical manner by using the proper skincare, by using the right, um, you know, ointments and creams. But then we also want to look at it from a more holistic approach long-term to heal the acne. Absolutely. Yeah. So while all that is going on and you still want to manage it, you know, you can definitely use a lot of the approaches that you teach women and that you do in your practice as well, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, you know, what's occurring in the skin is just, it's very basic. I mean, it's a mixture of, you know, it's, it's, it's clogged pores that right. we, that we need to basically take care of, right. you know, and then by healing the body, we are going to create less sebum in the skin. Exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of treating the root cause, but at the same time, you can treat it from the other end as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk a little bit about what are some of the basic kind of hygiene practices that you recommend women follow when they're trying to, you know, cleanse their skin properly, not cause more irritation, but lower the infection and kind of manage the acne from the external side of it. Absolutely. So a couple of the things that I recommend to my clients is, um, are, first of all, we want to cleanse our skin twice a day. We want to cleanse in the morning when we wake up, which is going to prepare our skin for our treatment creams that we put on our skin. So I like to recommend cleansing your skin with a very gentle cleanser. Um, you know, Using a, a, a cleanser with scrubs and different granules, I'm, I'm not really a big fan of because we want to keep the skin from getting too inflamed. So gentle is definitely better. Um, cleanse the skin in the morning. And then we like to put on um, a gentle, non-comedogenic moisturizer that has an SPF. An SPF is very, very important and often overlooked, not only because of you know, we want to use it for anti-aging reasons because the sun is responsible for 85% of aging. So we really want to make sure that we're protecting our skin every single day, rain or shine. It doesn't matter if the sun is out or not. We want to put that SPF on our skin first thing in the morning. But for women who break out, you know, often after the, the blemish is healed, we have something left on our skin um, called post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. It's the little leftover pigment marks that are on the skin. Well, what most people don't realize is when the sun hits your skin, and that actually triggers the skin to produce more melanin. So thereby creating a deeper and darker spot that won't fade. Wearing an SPF every day is actually going to help to keep those melanin cells in your skin asleep so we don't keep producing more pigment and, and keeping those blemishes from staying longer than they need to. So we want to wear an SPF. You know, um, if, if someone wants to wear makeup to cover their blemishes, I don't have a problem with that as long as it's non-comedogenic. Um, most makeup that's out there today is that. So it's, it's not going to clog your pores, but we do want to make sure that our brushes, our applicators, things that we're using to put the makeup on is clean and free of bacteria. That's really, really important because when we are breaking out, you know, the bacteria that's on our skin is going to get trapped, as I said, 
under the pores. So we want to make sure that we have at least amount of bacteria as possible on our skin. And when you say with the uh, moisturizer and the makeup being non-comedogenic, is that um, going to be labeled as such usually? Typically, yes. Typically it is. Okay. You'll see it in the writing on the packaging. Yes. Okay. Um, How do you feel about, um, well, I, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but um, about like makeup wipe remove, like makeup removal wipes. I'll tell you yeah. why I'm asking, because when I had like my worst, you know, flare ups of acne, first of all, putting makeup on was like painful. And I could tell that it's, you know, just having to apply the makeup and then take it off was irritating my skin even more. But at the same time, I really could not be seen in public without makeup because it was really bad. Um, that's just how I felt. And uh, exactly. anybody, yeah, who is dealing with acne, especially cystic acne, is just such a big, you know, physical and emotional toll on that person. Like it really is hard. So, yes. you know, everyone should do what they're feeling comfortable with, but I would want to put on makeup, but like, and then when I would take it off, I would feel like I'm making things worse. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, I mean, really at the end of the day, blemishes are inflammation. So everything that we do to our face is, is, you know, it's creating more inflammation. That's why I said to make sure that you're using a gentle cleanser. Um, you don't really want to use scrubs when you're prone to acne. Um, I feel like scrubs are very inflaming to the skin. But back to your question, Makeup wipes, um, you can use that as a preliminary step with makeup removal. If you want to use a wipe to kind of gently wipe the, the makeup off your face. But I truly, truly recommend cleansing your face twice. So if you're going to use a makeup wipe, use that as your preliminary and then go back over it with a cleanser to cleanse the, um, the epidermis. That's the outer layer of your skin. You want to make sure that you know, and if you're not using makeup wipes, you want to cleanse your face twice mm-hmm. with a gentle cleanser. Um, one, get rid of the makeup and then wants to go deeper and actually clean out the epidermis because once one cleaning is just not enough. Um, I am also not a fan of the makeup balms that are out there because I have found, even though they say a lot of the market themselves as safe for acne, my experience is that for women who do tend to break out, that oil can get trapped in your pores. And it can just, I mean, I've seen it just really just wreck a person's skin. Mm-hmm. So when I cleanse your skin twice, um, I really love like a gentle oil-free cleanser, like a foaming cleansing gel. Um, and then we're going to apply... Um, something with like salicylic acid or lactic acid to the skin. I like a serum. I like a, a, um, a moisturizer with salicylic acid or with lactic acid. Um, those both are, well, salicylic acid is a beta hydroxy acid that actually eats protein from the outside in. So what it's doing is it's going into your pore and exfoliating it by eating the dead skin cells. Mm. Lactic acid, yeah, it sounds delicious, right? <laughs> Lactic acid is 
a um, hydroxy acid that's very anti-inflammatory. So I really, really like those ingredients as an exfoliant versus a scrub. Wait, but you don't need both, right? You would do one or the other. Well, sometimes you can get a preparation that has both. And I really, really like that. Sometimes you can get something that has a mixture of glycolic acid, salicylic, and lactic acid. And all three of those are fantastic for exfoliating the skin and actually reducing inflammation in the skin. So um, much more effective exfoliant than a scrub would be. So you wouldn't recommend scrubs almost at all for anyone with acne, right? Like not even once a week or anything like that. I really try to steer my clients away from that, even though uh, many cleansers have those tiny little granule beads in them. I find that it just inflames everything. And the other thing is, it leads to over exfoliation because if you're using that cleanser once or twice a day, now you're, you're just inflaming the skin over and over again. You're stripping the natural barrier of the skin, which protects the skin from bacteria and you're drying out the skin, which will also cause your oil glands to produce more oil. Mm -hmm. So you're really, um, just really inflaming the whole, everything. You're just inflaming everything. Yeah. I remember when I came to you, I was so proud to tell you that I do, you know, I exfoliate every single day and I was like, my skin is so clean. And you're like, yeah, you're doing it all wrong. Don't do that. (laughs) So you never, you know, you think you're doing something good. These products look so promising and they make such amazing claims, but it's really not conducive to keeping your um, skin acne free. Right. Absolutely. You know, we, we want to, it's a very delicate balance because we want to clean out the pores. We want to, um, get rid of the, the dead skin cells that are plugging up the pores, but we want to do it in as gentle a manner as possible because the skin is already so inflamed. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we we want to, we want to do it in a very gentle way. Mm -hmm. Now, for women who have PCOS, would you do anything different with the regimen that you just laid out? Would you add anything or is there anything in particular that is even more important with, you know, the cystic hormonal issues? Women that have PCOS, their skin is a little different than somebody who has regular acne because um, for one thing, they've done studies on women that have PCOS and they have found that the bacteria on their skin is actually different than the bacteria from somebody who doesn't have PCOS. And the sebaceous, the, the sebum that's on their skin is actually um, less, um, what's the word for it? it? It fights infection less readily. So their skin is compromised already. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and more prone to infection. So that's all the more reason that we want to be gentle with their skin, um, as well as, you know, using the, the alpha and beta hydroxys to exfoliate, but we want to be more gentle because they're, they're already in a state of inflammation Mm -hmm. and their skin is, um, almost, uh, their, their immunity on their skin is compromised as well. So, um, I really am a fan. I'm not a fan of Accutane for women that have PCOS. It's actually 
not effective. Um, doctors will oftentimes prescribe Accutane for people with acne, but women that have PCOS, Accutane has been proven to not be very effective. Um, I do like topical retinoids for women that have PCOS because um, retinoids, that's a derivative of vitamin A and retinoids are in a, you can get them in a form of retinol, which is over the counter, or you can get it in a form of a prescription form, which is something like a tretinoin, or you can even get something um, over the counter called Differin, which used to be um, in prescription form, but is now over the counter. It's a little more gentle. But retinoids um, are very, very effective in treating acne because they reduce the uh, sebum in the skin over time. And they also help to increase the cell turnover in the skin, which means they increase the rate that the dead skin cells shed. Okay. So the dead skin cells don't have to collect in the pores. So they're very effective. You know, you want to work your way up to using it nightly. A lot of retinoids can be um, irritating to the skin. So I always recommend starting a retinoid, whether it's a retinol or a retin-A. I recommend using it twice a week and then working your way up to three times a week, four times a week, et cetera, until you're, you're doing it nightly. Mm -hmm. And we should say you should be even extra cautious with sunscreen when you're using that. Absolutely. Um, retinoids do increase uh, your risk of getting, you know, sun exposure, sunburn, and also, um, you know, just in general, um, it, it makes your skin more sensitive to the sun. So using a dedicated SPF every single day is even more important to somebody who's using a retinoid, as well as you know, if you're going to be outside in the direct sunlight wearing a hat, making sure you reapply your sunscreen every two hours. But you don't need to stay out of the sun completely. That's actually a myth for a lot of people who are afraid to use something like a Retin-A in the summer because they think that they're going to have to completely stay out of the sun. That's actually a myth. They've actually done studies that show that using a a retinoid, actually, if you're using an SPF in conjunction with a retinoid, it will reduce your risk of, um, of aging. Okay. The, the, the sun's effect of, you know, the sun's effect of aging the skin. Okay. So with someone with PCOS with hormonal acne, cystic acne, you would go with a retinoid over the serum that you mentioned before with the... I would actually use it in addition to... Um, of course, it depends on the person's sensitivity. Um, I, I would definitely, you, you, you want to use your retinoid at night. Um, you want to cleanse your skin. You want to put your retinoid on and then follow up with a moisturizer. Um, I also like to use the, the glycolic or salicylic acid. Um, you would want to use, if you're going to use a retinoid, then I would use your glycolic or salicylic acid during the day. Okay. You don't want them both at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you would use your retinoid at night and then you would use your, your exfoliant during the day. And these are all things that women can look at the ingredients, the active ingredients in a cream. It doesn't necessarily need to be a particular brand or anything like that. They're in a lot of different products, right? 
Exactly. They're in so many different products. And, you know, my rule of thumb is if you start to get flaky and irritated and dry, just cut back. You don't need to stop. A lot of women get really afraid when their skin starts to get dry and irritated. Like I recently um, increased my percentage of my my Retin-A that I'm using. I went up to a 1.0, which is the strongest one. And my skin started to get dry. So instead of stopping it, I just cut back on it. I, I, I cut back to using it every other day. And I know that over time, my skin will acclimate and I won't get that dryness anymore. So if you do get irritated, all that means is that you need to cut back a little bit and eventually your skin will acclimate to mm-hmm. using all these products. Okay, that's good. Thank you for saying all of that. I think that's great information. A lot of women are not sure what to use. And you know, there's so many products out there. It's really overwhelming. And then you try something and you're not sure if it's giving you the right results. So you stop, you buy something else. I've been there. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, All right. So I want to talk, dive in a little bit into how you work with clients in the practice. And, you know, when someone comes to you with hormonal acne, for anyone who has never been to an esthetician, who has never gotten, you know, a facial or any type of, professional touching their skin from that angle, you know, that, that side of things. Um, tell us a little bit about how you work with clients in, in the practice. So if someone comes in to see me, um, I really, I tend to go, I do regular European facials as well as hydrofacials, but I really, really like someone that has acne can get into see an esthetician for a hydrofacial, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, hydrofacials use, um, uh, it's, it's a combination of dermabrading the skin and using a vacuum suction and a deep cleansing solution to get into the pores and really kind of pull out the oil and dirt from your pores. So it's much, much deeper than any regular facial can go. Um, It's more of like a medical grade facial. So it's amazing for someone who has acne. Um, If someone has cystic acne, I will not do extractions on those cysts because you really cannot, the the infection is under the skin. So you really cannot squeeze those, those cysts. If someone has clogged pores with blackheads and whiteheads, then by all means, we want to get in there. We want to extract that out before it turns into an infection. Because remember, blackheads and whiteheads are the first step of acne. Mm -hmm. So we want to get to them before they turn into an infection. So um, something like a hydrofacial is amazing for that. But even if they go in and just get a regular facial on, on on a regular basis, to get rid of the the you know the the blackheads and the whiteheads that could then lead to an infection. Um, I'm also a fan of chemical peels, um, not so much in the summer, but in the fall or the spring. Because in the summer, you know, a chemical peel is going to go a lot deeper, so it's going to leave your skin that that exposed fresh skin that's underneath. We really don't want to go out in the sun with that. So the summer is not an ideal time for a peel unless you're going to be really shielding your face from the sun. Um, the chemical peels are also great. 
to really get rid of those deeper, you know, layers of skin so that we can um, unclog the pores. How does a chemical peel work? Well, a chemical peel is typically a blend of alpha and beta hydroxy acids that chemically um, exfoliate the skin. So it's they're taking off much more than any over-the-counter exfoliant could do. Mm-hmm. But um, chemical peels are much deeper. So you can go to an esthetician and get a chemical peel, or you could go to even a doctor and get an, an even deeper peel. Um, typically, we don't, you don't need to go that deep though to really be effective. Mm-hmm. So, and, and keep in mind the deeper you go, the more the downtime is going to be. So like a chemical peel that I would do would, would typically result in five to seven days of peeling of real downtime. So you could go to a, a dermatologist and get an even deeper peel, but you have to keep in mind that you're going to have d- downtime even longer. Mm-hmm. And w- out of those two things, I know they're totally different. So that may not be the best question, but I'm still going to ask if someone comes in with hormonal acne, would you do, you know, more the hydrofacial roots to first cleanse the skin and get them into a good regimen with that? Because the peel is kind of a next level, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and sometimes I do um, the both in conjunction with each other. Like I'll do hydrofacials more um, on a regular basis. And then we'll throw in a chemical peel once or twice a year to kind of like really treat the skin and get rid of those layers. Um, but a hydrofacial does amazing things for acne. I've seen literally women skin in combination with using the right um, at home ingredients, totally transforming their skin. I mean, women that have pimples and, and cystic acne all over their face, a few months later after being treated with hydrofacials and the right home care regimen, their skin is clear or, or, or as clear as they've ever seen it before. Maybe one or two pimples versus, you know, many on their face. Yeah, I can tell from my own experience, it's been really transformative for my skin. Um, And I've been able to come off of the medication that I was taking. I was taking spironolactone for a long time to control my acne and the hydrofacials really helped me come off the medication um, and really treat my skin. It feels a lot better. So I definitely agree with that. Women I find come in and they're literally blown away by the results. Like they actually feel even after, you know, the next, even the next day, you know, um, typically if you come in and you're congested in your pores and you do have a lot that needs to be extracted, you will um, find that you'll leave the, you'll leave your facial a little red and inflamed. That's completely normal and to be expected. And I actually advise my clients beforehand that that's going to happen just so that they don't feel really freaked out afterwards. But typically by the next day, that inflammation has gone down and their pores, like they feel like their pores are just so much cleaner and their skin starts to actually heal because we're able to sort of pull out the infection from the skin. Um, and I also, um, not to get too ahead, but I use something called blue LED light on the skin, which will kill the acne bacteria and help to reduce inflammation on the skin. Um, they find that their skin is healing and so much less inflamed. Mm-hmm. So really such a worthwhile investment to make on the skin. But I also tell clients that it's a process. 
It doesn't happen immediately. Um, you really have to be willing to invest the time and, you know, a little bit of a, a financial investment upfront, but you will find that it pays off immensely. Good skincare truly pays off. And what would you say is a good frequency to aim for? Because these three tr treatments are not cheap. And for someone who is, you know, looking to, to do them, but can't commit to doing them very frequently, what would you say is a good kind of middle ground? Well, you know, if a person can get them monthly, I would highly recommend that every four to six weeks, even if it's just for a couple months, just to be able to really get into the pores and clean them out. We need to do that. Um, a few times just to be able to get in there and pull out all the oil and dirt so that the pores can start to function more normally. And then it's more maintenance. So in the beginning, it's maybe more frequent and then you move into, you can spread it out a little bit more, right? Absolutely. Once we get the pores to be functioning more normally, then your home care can actually do what it's supposed to be doing. Right. Yeah, that makes total sense. And like with everything else, consistency is really the key. You have to be doing it on a regular basis in order to see those results. Um, so that's obviously something that needs to happen. Yes, absolutely. Yes. All right. So I want to kind of go into talking about um, other things that you may recommend or other products that you may recommend or someone who's already doing it. If, you know, someone listening is already getting regular facials or hydrofacials, they're already cleansing properly and things like that. Is there um, anything that's even next level to that that you would do? I mean, I guess the chemical peel could be a next level to help someone. Um, and that would help with like the pigmentation from past you know, scarring or just blemishes from the acne, right? Yes. I mean, you know, there really isn't, I mean, you could certainly go to a dermatologist. They're going to be prescribing you, um, you know, other things that a, an esthetician wouldn't be able to, to, to give to their clients or to recommend. Um, but I find with women with PCOS or someone that has hormonal acne, they don't even have to have necessarily have PCOS. It's really a holistic, um, we, we, we really need to treat the body as a whole. So we want to treat the skin obviously and take care of it from a topical standpoint. But we also want to look at their diet. Diet is key with PCOS and with hormonal acne. Dairy triggers testosterone in the body, which then you know, will we'll increase sebum production and lead to acne. So women that have hormonal acne really need to be conscious of what they're eating, um, how much dairy they're consuming, how much sugar they're consuming. Um, we want to stick with more of a lower um, glycemic diet, you know, more whole unprocessed foods. So important. You can't just treat the skin topically and think that, you know, if you, if your, your skin is an organ that tells you what's going on inside of your body. So if you're not healthy, if your body's unbalanced inside, it's going to come out in your skin. Mm -hmm. In 
is just going to basically tell you what's going on inside of you. So we want to, you know, look at treating the skin through your diet, through exercise, you know, um, stress relief, drinking water. Those are the most important things that you can do from a hormonal standpoint. What you're eating is going to ultimately, you know, if you're eating things that are not good for your body, they're going to trigger oil production in the skin. So it's, it's just really a holistic approach. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. So I think it's really good that, you know, we have multiple things that we could be doing and you can always layer them. So you could start with diet, you can add hydration, then you can add taking care of your skin with the products or the treatments that you mentioned. So there are a lot of different options and you don't have to be doing all the things. I think it can get overwhelming. And another thing that they, uh, they've they been finding that um, adding B vitamin B5 to your diet, if you're prone to acne, is actually extremely beneficial because um, adequate levels of B5 will break down, help the body to break down sebum and create a less thick oil in the skin so that the body is able to process it better. So, you know, supplementing with B5, you can certainly find more um, details on the internet about that as to how, you know, the the milligrams that you take and everything like that. But um, looking into supplementing with a a vitamin B5 can also be very, very beneficial. There you go. I learned something new today from you. Well, I learned a lot from you today, but... That's a nutrition thing that I didn't know. All right. So I want to wrap up and ask you to leave us off with any final thoughts or tell people where they can find you online. Um, Final thoughts. Um, You know, try not to stress about your breakouts because I truly believe that stress can be one of the fundamental causes of acne. Um, you know, when we stress about our skin, our body responds by producing cortisol and there, it, it just perpetuates the problem. Cortisol triggers oil production. So I'm a big believer in the mind-body connection, you know, using things like meditation to calm ourselves. Um, just even, you know, trying to be conscious of our thoughts and trying to just love ourselves more because, you know, our skin really is a um, outward manifestation of what's going on inside of ourselves. So just trying to practice more self-love, more self-acceptance, you know, being mindful of our thoughts and, you know, just accepting ourselves for who we are. Believe it or not, that has a huge impact on the way our skin looks. So, um, so that, and, um, you know, again, the diet, just multi, just trying to take care of yourself in general will lead to better skin. I, I, I've seen, you know, women that spend thousands and thousands of dollars on their skin, but they don't take care of themselves, you know, um, from the diet and exercise standpoint, and their skin doesn't really make a lot of changes. So, you know, we really want to look at the body as a whole and take care of ourselves and love ourselves. Skincare by Jamie Nicole. You can find me on Instagram and I am going to be doing more posting um, in the future because, you know, my clients do want to see more about what I'm doing. So again, it's skincare by Jamie Nicole. And um, 
you know, if anyone has any questions, they can also message me on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook, but you can message me on on Instagram and I'd be happy to answer any questions that people have. Oh, that's so awesome. You're so sweet. I'm really, really, really appreciative of you being here. I'm going to link to your Instagram in the show notes so people can easily find you and maybe do send you a DM and kind of get in touch with you. And certainly if anyone is in the South Jersey, Philadelphia metro area, I highly recommend um, coming in to see Nicole because she's amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. I really, really appreciate it. I really know that everyone who's listening is going to find tons of value in today's interview. So I can't wait to put it out there.